James Schillinglaw for virtual roadshows, selling adventure, and expedition travel. And today we have a, a really fun panel because I think everybody thinks of expedition these days, and especially the, over the past few years, as you know, we're going to Antarctica, or maybe we're going to Galapagos, or uh, uh, and sometimes the Arctic. But the fact is, is that um, expedition travel is well beyond; it's all over the world. And we want to talk about how uh, that's expanding um, because it, it really you can do expeditions in any part of the world. And the folks that we have on this panel today are going to tell you just how to do that. They all do uh, expedition travel and they all go to uh, Antarctica. In fact, we have one gentleman who's there right now and we'll talk to him in a second. Um, but we're going to ask each of them to firstly describe each of their companies. And then, of course, later on, you can all go down to the trade show and meet their representatives and, and talk with them about it. So first of all, let me introduce, introduce the panel. Uh, I uh, have Anthony Iozia of Atlas Ocean Voyages. Hello, Anthony. Good to see you again. Hello, James. Great to see you as well. Thanks for having me. And I have Ellen uh, McLevine, who I know very well from Penang. How are you, Ellen? Good to see you. Hi. Hi, James. Nice to see you. And we have, live from Antarctica, uh, Jason Fletcher, uh, who is from Scenic Luxury Cruises and Tours. Hello, Hi, James. Jason. And, and if, if Jason somehow cuts out, he's got uh, Brandon Oscarson in reserve, who will suddenly come yes. on and, you'll, and he will be uh, Jason instead. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully we're going to get through this without him cutting off. But anyway, let's let's start off first uh, with each of you briefly describing your companies. I'm going to start with you, Anthony. Uh, tell us a little bit about Atlas Ocean Voyages. Okay, we're relatively a new company. We've been sailing for two and a half years now. We have three yachts, three intimate yachts, the navigator the traveler and the voyager we have one that's in the process of being built as we speak and then two more on order so we'll have six identical ships only hold 190 guests so we're like the new kids on the bottom the block relatively speaking but uh we're doing really really well getting positive feedback from our guests that uh, we're looking forward to the additional ships that we get so we could explore you know more areas around the world yeah and i was lucky enough to actually be on your one of your very first cruise it wasn't even a real cruise it was the owner's cruise Way back, and you just did the Med. So there you go. I was exploring the Med with uh, Atlas Ocean before uh, it went down to uh, parts uh, farther south in Antarctica. And it's a beautiful ship, the very first ship that was. And they're, all the other ones are identical. Uh, uh, Ellen, uh, talk a little bit about Penang. I've been lucky enough to be on a, a few of your vessels as well. Yeah, thanks, James. So um, Penang is a boutique luxury expedition travel company. We specialize in expedition cruises to remote and less travel destinations all over the world. And we're kind of known for providing an upscale and also careful travel experience. So our guests come to Penang and they return for that combination of adventure and also elevated comfort. And also for the sustainability component, which that is a foundational piece of who we are. Um, and it's it's a reason a lot of people choose to travel with us. So we have 12 ultra modern expedition yachts in our fleet all purpose-built by Penang. And while the ships are new, uh, we've been in business doing what we do. So luxury expedition exploration and expeditions for over 35 years. And we go to all seven continents. So anywhere there's an ocean shore to be explored, you can likely find Penang in the vicinity at some point in the year. No, absolutely. And I've been lucky enough to go on Le Combinat-Charcot, which is a yes. beautiful ship. Uh, <laughs> and it goes to more than Antarctica, that's for sure. 
Um, now, uh, Jason, who uh, yes. I think the last time I saw you, I was interviewing you down in Antarctica a couple of years ago. Um, I remember. And you are there now. Did you just you just live there? Is that what's going on here? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Um, yeah. yeah. Tell, t tell us a little bit about Scenic. And are, are you on uh, Eclipse 1 or 2? I can't remember. I'm on Eclipse 2 at the moment. Okay, got yeah. it. Well, tell us a little bit about Scenic uh, Cruises and Tours. Yeah, so Scenic... Um, uh, ex expedition ships, the Scenic Eclipse 1 and 2, were purposely built specifically for the polar regions and crossing the Drake. So she's an ultra-luxury ship, all-inclusive ship. And what makes you unique, a great experience anywhere in the world for our guests is we have two H-130 helicopters on board. We have a submersible on board. And of course, you know, kayaking, paddleboarding, and so on. So it really gives our guests not only that ultra luxury comfort and experience on board the ships, but another way to truly explore wherever in the world they are from above, below the water, on the water and on land as well too. And both of our sister ships have 10 dining facilities, boutique to larger to nine bars and so on. So we really try to cater to that touch for our guests, whether they're on the ship or off the ship. Absolutely. And I know the ships well. They're excellent. And and you have to say that all three of uh, our our cruise uh, uh, suppliers here today are luxury. Uh, so it, it's really it, it, it started that you, you can get a little below luxury, although it's hard to say that there's not really a really great product. Uh, every single product down there is wonderful. I've tried a few of them and uh, all these three. Um, and it really is a very comfortable experience. And let's let's move to Ellen. Uh, Obviously, as I'm, I preface this by saying, you know, we all think of of expedition as I think Antarctica and then a little Galapagos and then, oh yeah, there's Arctic. That's right. Um, but how have you branched out to make sure expedition is well beyond that? And you talk a little bit about you know where you go in other places that are that are expedition cruises. Yeah, and I'm realizing I should have chose a different background. I should have taken a, a tropical picture because you know you, we're you're all just trying to make Jason feel at home. That's all. You know. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's right. it. I think we all love Antarctica so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, Panat's always been more than just the polar regions. We do explore, of course, the Arctic and the Antarctic each year. But expedition is so much more than cold weather. I think the way to think about it is expedition is about exploring and seeing things like that are actually happening in the present. It's so different than sightseeing or, you know, on a tour, you might see a historical site or like architecture, something that's significant because of something that happened in the past. Right. But on an expedition, you're observing and appreciating our natural environment, how people and wildlife are living on our planet now in the present. So an observant naturalist, they could take you on a really interesting expedition, like in a parking lot, truly. You don't need to be looking at icebergs to be amazed at what you see, but tropical expeditions are absolutely, they're my favorite. I mean, they have a fantastic balance of marine life, often snorkeling and scuba diving. You also get the on-land component. So, you know, birding or hiking, and then the added piece, which is authentic interaction with local communities. So those kinds of adventures that warm weather expeditions can bring, they become lifelong memories. And you can find Penant in, um, you know, remote regions around New Guinea. We do interesting stuff in Central and South America, in Asia. 
Uh, we have interesting new itineraries in the sub um, subtropical islands of Japan. Mm -hmm. So really, uh, the whole world is interesting. Um, and you don't need to necessarily have a parka on to be on an expedition. I know, although I got to tell you, I think between all of you, I have a lot of parkas. Uh, <laughs> they're all great. They're all great. And, and and when it gets cold, although lately up here in New York area, we, we don't have a lot of cold weather, fortunately, or for, unfortunately, sometimes. Uh, Anthony, talk a little bit about uh, Atlas Ocean and how you go well beyond uh, um, really uh, the traditional expedition travel destinations. Okay. Yeah, well, sure. Uh, we recently rebranded ourselves as year-round intimate yachting expeditions. So really 12 months out of the year, we're offering a type of expedition. Your, your, your normal expeditions, like we spoke about, uh, being in Antarctica from November through March, you know, we're, our entire fleet is down there now. And in the summer months, we'll have two of those three ships doing traditional uh, expeditions, polar expeditions, going to Svalbard and, and uh, Greenland and um, places like that. But now, last year, last April, we started what we call Epicurean Expeditions, where we're mm -hmm. taking food and wine to another level, where we're having celebrity chefs on board doing cooking demonstrations and cooking classes, and we'll have our guests doing uh, cooking challenges against each other and have the celebrity judges uh, rate them. And we're, we're, we're visiting wineries. We're, we're doing things that we, we didn't do in the past, but we're, we're doing more of an, uh, a food and wine type Epicurean Expedition, which people are really uh, gravitating to. I was lucky enough last year to go on two of the Epicurean expeditions. Uh, one was to Greece and Turkey. And when we were in Kusadasi, we went up to Ephesus and we had a wine tasting at the Celsus Library, at the footsteps of the Celsus Library with the string quartet playing for us. And we were the only people, just the Atlas guests were the only people in all of Ephesus. So that was pretty magical. And then uh, when I was doing a Spain and Portugal program, and this is all complimentary as well. We went to, in Malaga. We went into a, a, a cave, hundreds of feet below the, the the ground entrance, and they had a orchestra performing for us while we did cocktail tasting. So it's just really, really, really unique. And the reviews we've getting this past year have been phenomenal. And we only offer those Epicurean expeditions in the Mediterranean. And then we just we're going to be starting up this April offering cultural expeditions to the other places we visit, like South America, the Caribbean, uh, or Northern Europe, where we're gonna have a, a land-based uh, cultural type expedition. So it's it, pretty much 12 months out of the year, we're doing some type of expedition. It's not just polar anymore. Well, uh, your president, uh, James Rodriguez, who's a friend of mine, uh, he came from another cruise line where food was very important. And as soon yes. as he arrived at your place, he made food important for you guys too. And it really, that's a great, move i think because it is food is uh, for me food is a great expedition but that's, uh, <laughs> sometimes i wish it wasn't but that's another story yeah. but, uh, but it, you've done you have done a, a marvelous job of, of changing the, the company and, and repositioning it uh jason uh talk a lot i mean again uh I, the only time i've been on on scenic and then uh you also have another set of uh, uh yachts uh with uh emerald uh, but those and those specifically don't go to Antarctica. Uh, they go all all over the place, right? Yeah, the Emerald ships, we have two of them, Sakara and Azara, and they're actually more like your cruise ship type where they're warm water. So they're both in the Caribbean right now. They'll head to the Med and then the Seychelles and so on. And so those vessels only hold 100 people. 
Um, they're a smaller yacht version of Eclipse themselves, so they can definitely go into those smaller ports around the world. And their focus is really that traditional type cruise with the tours, but also we have a wonderful marina deck. Um, so we do provide water sport activities and they also set up where they try to find remote beaches right now in the Caribbean. They're finding wonderful remote beaches all over on the different islands to be able to set up something unique and special for our guests where no other ship goes to. Right. And and actually your scenic ships as well go to other destinations. And I I, I would maintain sometimes you know, some of your, your great uh, features like your submarine, uh, I can't, I, I got to believe that's going to be wonderful if you got in the Pacific somewhere and you can use it there. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, now having the two ships, the sister ships, Scenic Eclipse 2 is heading down to the South Pacific uh, right after Antarctica, and she'll be sailing to all the different islands. And then we'll be sailing around Australia and spending three months over in the Kimberley region of Australia, which to me is just as remote, just as, you know, a unique opportunity to find a warm water, true expedition place as Antarctica is, because right. it truly is only achievable to get there by ship and what we can do and explore and how we can explore by the helicopters and on land. And Eclipse One will stay up north, so she'll be heading back to Europe and then the Arctic and everywhere in between. And what you know, what truly makes you know when we put the scenic eclipses in these warm water regions, is we really try to make you know find a location that's so remote, so unique, and because we have dynamic positioning on the ship, we never drop an anchor. So we can protect coral reefs, protect the ocean floor, and countries actually allow us to go to protected parks, um, ocean parks, and around reefs because we don't drop anchor, which then allows us to get to more remote places. And, you know, we kind of have an open palette because we see these empty remote beaches and we create something out of nothing. And we create such a unique remote beach landing, as we call it, bringing hospitality there, bring in our water sport activities. There's a kayaking, the paddle boarding and so on, snorkeling mm -hmm. and everything, you know, giving the guests that unique opportunity, bringing that kind of luxury from the ship to shore and giving them that private yacht experience on a beach. So it truly between the cold water and the warm water experiences, we can create something out of nothing. And, and when we leave those areas, of course, you know, we always leave it cleaner than we find it, you know, mm -hmm. besides the leave no trace. But what's wonderful is the whole team will just scour the beach and the surrounding areas, picking every trash, everything we find that's not ours, ours doesn't matter, you know, to leave it more pristine for the next people to see it. That's fantastic. And actually the right way to go. Uh, Ellen, let's talk about, uh, you have how many ships now in Pono, the fleet? Today, 12. Well, you have 12 ships. <laughs> what about tomorrow? I, tomorrow? I know, I know, I, I lose track. I mean, I, I know how many, it's it's easier with, uh, you know, the uh, uh, with Jason and uh, with Anthony, because I know their fleets. Uh, I lose, I lost track of Penance fleet a long time ago. Uh, the In terms of, uh, people think that expedition travel means, uh, still, unfortunately, it means kind of roughing it. It's like that, but this is far from roughing it when you go on Pono. Talk about the comforts that you offer on your ships. 
Yeah, sure. And I think, you know, especially like look at the the panel here, every, there's more and more for good reason. Luxury expedition, every it's it's becoming very popular. Expedition companies are getting more luxury. Luxury companies are getting more expedition because it really is the sweet spot. And it's something that Panant does so well. It has done for a really long time. But, you know, all of our ships are really modern. The largest is only 132 rooms right. and no, all private balconies, so really small. Um, and of course, you know, the dining is lovely. We um, food done by uh, Alain Ducasse Consulting. So the, it's all um, it's all elevated. And I think I always try to stress this. Panon is really known for the ships. It's what I knew about Panon before I started working here more than six years ago. And uh the point is not the ship. The point is to get off the ship. It's the exploration and knowing, you know, for the advisors who are who are listening in, for knowing that said that the ships are so nice, the point is to get off. You can know your guests are going to sleep well. They're going to eat well on Panant. They're going to enjoy the luxury of being on board. And that comfort allows travelers to feel at ease even in these extreme landscapes that we can go or places that are that are very unlike where they have come from or unlike anywhere they ever thought they could see. Um, and to explore safely using zodiacs and paddle boards and kayaks and, and everything. Um, and I guess I have to, of course, mention the Commandant Charcot. I know we're not focused on polar, but Charcot is the world's first and only luxury icebreaker. It is truly unique to Ponant. It's about six times more powerful than other expedition vessels, and it's capable of reaching the geographic North Pole. So Le Commandant Charcot, take the normal put on luxury and elevate it. The restaurant is an actual, uh, the only Alain Ducasse restaurant at sea, which I know you and I enjoyed some, enjoyed some meals. In yeah, we, we didn't have bad board. meals there, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I think we, I think we ate pretty well. Um, but Charcot is also an environmental research vessel. It has a super clean certification by the Bureau of Veritas. It's fueled by electricity and liquefied natural gas. It is unlike anything. And with Charcot, Ponant can continue to, to redefine that expedition cruise experience, bringing people in comfort, in luxury, uh, in an elegant way, in a safe way to unprecedented destinations that they couldn't go. And the most important thing, and I know, um, you know, Jason touched on this, I think it's important that all the expedition companies have sustainability and right. responsibility in mind because it really is quite a privilege to be able to go the places that we're going that all all of us do go um and with that comes a good responsibility you know to to travel sensibly and make sure that it's the right idea to even go in the first place so charco is something completely different elevated luxury and go where no really it's i sound like i'm you know opening up star trek where nobody has gone before yeah, right. um, but but it is truly something amazing and and panant's always known for kind of pushing the envelope with um with the technology that our that our fleet has always done even uh Le Boreal, which we launched in 2010 was hybrid electric at the time with dynamic positioning with zero impact wastewater uh set up for electrical hookups at the ports even before the ports had them 
So in this same train of thought. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I got to tell you years ago when, well, not, not too long ago, was when Sharko launched and you, they went up on a test cruise to the North pole uh, just with the crew and the expedition team. And they didn't tell anybody. And I actually got it out of the captain on the first uh, thing. I think we were on it. And I said, what do you mean you went to the North Pole? They said, they just wanted to try it out. And so they <laughs> yeah. went up there. And 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 so then, and then obviously you're doing revenue cruises now to the North Pole. Yeah. Uh, so that, 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 that was interesting. But sometimes did, we're too subtle, I think. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. Cool. <laughs> now, now, just, just to clarify, Carco just does Arctic and Antarctic, or do they do other cruises? We do other things on it. I mean, it's built for the polar regions, but uh, we do some creative stuff that you wouldn't think to do. We're doing um, the St. Lawrence next winter. So yeah, that's what I was saying. You go like oh, that? the Great Lakes, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we also have some interesting Christmas um, Christmas markets and um, Christmas festivals or holiday festivals in the Baltic region as well. So that's that's exactly what we're talking about outside of the box in terms yeah. of the regular destination. Now, Anthony, talk a little bit about, uh, and again, you've upped the game in terms of the comforts for passengers in terms of culinary. I have, I have sailed uh, on your ship and it is a really comfortable ship, uh, a beautiful, luxurious ship. But talk a little bit about the comforts that guests can expect when you're on board. Yeah, the, the reviews we've been getting from both travel advisors and, and our guests have been phenomenal. So being the, the success of our three ships or three yachts that are in the water now, we're going to stick with those for the next three ships. They're going to be exactly the same. Maybe the decor will be a, a tad different, but people just love how welcoming the ships are themselves. The, the, the public areas we have, the various lounges that we have are just so inviting and, and, and so gorgeous. The staterooms, 95% of them all have balconies, either a, you know, a traditional balcony or a French balcony. The, the square footage in the staterooms are, are, are quite quite large. Uh, the dining room is, is beautiful with panoramic views throughout. We have the outdoor dining as well, both for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we have an outdoor specialty restaurant called Seven App, which is a New York style chop house, which is also complimentary. Um, so, I mean, for a small yacht, I mean, the ship only holds 190 people right. in non-traditional polar regions, and it only holds 178 when we're going to the polar regions because of our large expedition team that we have on board. They use up a lot of the staterooms. So for such a small vessel that's under you know, 9,000 tons, it's uh, the, the, the amount of public areas we have, people are very much impressed with the fact that we have a... a a nice size spa that is sponsored by Loxotan, you know, pretty much blows a lot of people away. We have a, a gym, we have a pool, we have the hot tub, we have a, a small running track as well. But for a ship that is so small, it, it just has a lot of great public areas for people to gather, to relax, to, you know, just unwind or just to, you know, to dance or have a, an incredible meal. No, absolutely. It's all the comforts home and more, except my home is nowhere near what your home is like on that ship, uh, that yacht. Uh, it really is an amazing ship. And and it, it, all of these these products here are really comfortable. They're, they, you, know, you are going and you may be roughing it when you're out on, on the ice. I'm, we go back to Antarctica or if you're on an island somewhere or if you're in the Kimberleys, as uh, you know, Jason was talking about. Uh, but when you get back, you are you are treated and pampered. And so that's a different kind of thing. And let's let's go to Jason. You know, I, I know, you know, your ships are just, you know, basic and there's really nothing much going on there. And 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 the cabins are very small right now. <laughs> I'm I'm joking here because I know exactly what they are. Like the others, they they are very sumptuous. I even think you have butler service, if I recall. 
We do. Every every guest has butler service, and um, you know it's that part of that touch, right? And so our crew to guest ratio, especially in full expedition mode, is a one to one, and um, on board. So we always make sure our guests are very pampered. But one of the unique things is that always amazes me, whether in the restaurants or our you know the butlers and so on they know within two days their the guest names they know in the restaurant what their preference drink is so when they sit down it's served right there and it's just always amazed me how quickly you know the the team on board just learns everyone and their specific needs and how well they can be taken care of that way and yeah, having absolutely, that person absolutely and, and if i recall you had if she's still on board, a young Filipino chef named Cherry. Um, yeah. That she was, oh. Strawberry. 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 I was close. Strawberry. Well, I knew it was a berry. Uh, she did. <laughs> I had two tasting dinners with her. And oh, my God, it was absolutely after a while. But then you have another tasting menu in another place in the ship. And I'm like, no more tasting menus. You know, I needed to go out on the ice. I'm like, it wasn't Antarctic. You couldn't really go running on the ice, sadly. Uh, that didn't really no, look you know what's unique is with the restaurants because even though we have 10 restaurants they're boutique restaurants right. um different flavors around the world but between the recipes of all the restaurants we have thousands to where it would take 26 days before any menu in any restaurant rotates right so our guests who do back-to-back -back voyages will every day every night have a different taste you know there and that menu won't recycle for 26 days which is so amazing uh our executive chef tom who's now vice president of hotels you know i i know when he's home he has his home kitchen always creating new recipes especially for like when you had with strawberry and night market and creating those recipes no they were great i'm god forbid we should have more than that we should have the same food twice right you know that's right a, right <laughs> yeah and and it goes for all these 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 products here i mean you know panon I, I i always i always joke i mean because it is a french ship uh they they have the pound chocolat the chocolate croissant down you know i could eat a lot of those sadly it's like i probably gain weight on an expedition ship it's hard hard to say but and that goes for for atlas ocean everywhere i mean you are you're dining very well now let's talk a little bit about i'm going to go to you anthony how you know obviously these are all great products and and how do you try to you talked earlier about how you're positioning atlas ocean today uh, how do you try to differentiate yourself from others in the market um, one of the big differences is, I mean, the size itself being such a small ship and being very friendly and very um, welcoming to to all of our guests and not being very formal. So we, we're not as stuffy as some of maybe the more luxurious cruise lines that, that do exist out there. We do tend to get a majority of our, our guests are from North America. So we, we primarily market in the United States and Canada. So a majority of our guests are Americans and Canadians, 45 and older, they're, I mean, they're well-traveled, they're very affluent, but they're, they're, even though they have money, they don't act like they have money. You couldn't tell how wealthy they are just by chatting with them and hanging out with them. And they, they don't want to have to dress up for dinner. They like the casualness of Atlas Ocean Voyages. They love the type of clientele that we're, we're attracting, you know, mainly North Americans. So it's a lot of like-minded people, like I said, you know, 
a lot of people in the forties, fifties, and sixties that are, are well off, but they don't want to be around large crowds. Yeah. They want to go to unique destinations. They like the fact that we're going into these little hidden harbors and unique ports where the big ships can't go to. So, you know, just the fact that, you know, the type of clientele that we, we attract uh, makes it for a, a, a fun cruise because we all go to great destinations. We all have incredible meals and we have all have great service. We all care about the environment. I mean, the, our engines on our ships, we have two Rolls-Royce hybrid engines that are extremely fuel efficient and they use one fifth of the fuel of a similar size ship. They all have the global positioning where we don't have to drop an anchor where the captain could just push a button and the ship locks into place without disturbing the sea life below. So, you know, a lot of us have a lot of, a lot of similarities, um, but uh, I think it's just how more casual, more relaxed we are than maybe some of the other luxury cruise lines out there. That is a big draw for many of our, many of our guests. Well, I, I have to say on all of your products, I don't think I went to a black tie event. So you're, I think it's, uh, we don't have to worry about that at all. Uh, uh, you know, not as a traditional luxury ship, you're all great luxury expedition yachts essentially, but uh, you, you, you don't, you're not stuffy and you're a part of expedition travel is kind of, you know, the experience nature and you're not going to, you know, I, I mean, I can't wear a, a black tie underneath my parka. I guess I could, but, you know, that wouldn't be a good thing. Uh, uh, Alan, talk a little bit about how you position Panal uh, in the market. Yeah, sure. I think I, this question is getting harder and harder to answer, to be honest, because it, look at the market lately, you know, and I think something that I would encourage, I guess, all of us and advisors to keep in mind is, Relaxed luxury expeditions, it, it is special and different. Vessels built with sustainability in mind, it is really unique. It is a different way to travel. Mm -hmm. And even though there are, you know, I laugh at trade shows sometimes because I ask advisor like, oh, are we the, is this the fifth uh, small ship luxury expedition company in a row that you've, you know, come to see? And, and we kind of laugh. How do you keep it all straight? But even though it feels like there's a lot of us saying, you know, this is what we're doing. It is what we're all doing. It is still so special and different from other modes of travel. And it is really like, once you do it, you understand why. Um, so I will say, you know, even if there are, you know, as uh, Anthony was saying, like, oh, you know, maybe this sounds, it's good that everybody's building hybrid electric vessels. It's really good. It's good that everybody is taking these measures to say we're leading in this way in sustainability. That's exactly something that this share of the market is bringing to travel. It's something that we can all be really proud of. Um, so, you know, for advisors that specialize in this, they may be like, there's a lot, but um, there's a lot of good, which is a good thing. Um, for Ponant, I think the involvement of our captains is really a Ponant signature. So our captains are just as involved with our guests in that experience as the expedition leaders and expedition teams are. And I've worked on other expedition vessels myself when I was part of the expedition team. I've, you know, traveled on Panon a lot. And that to me is a huge difference. You know, the captain is often at the marina deck helping the guests in and out of the Zodiacs. Sometimes driving the Zodiacs. Uh, we had a we had a travel advisor fam in Belize and uh, Honduras uh, just last December. And that was something that 
the advisors came back and like, I couldn't, was that just for us that the captain was there all the, every time I turned around, the captain was there and no, that wasn't, you know, just something we, we put on uh, that, that is um, something that stands out about Penant. So if you pair that with the, the exploration of the, in the relaxed luxury that's influenced by Penant's French roots on board, that's really um, Penant in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. And one of my best interviews on board one of the vessels here, here was uh, with the captain of uh, Le Commandant Charcot. Uh, he he knows his stuff and he's very yeah. excited about everything. So yes, yes thing, the other captains are great too, but I just, that one is one I remember. Uh, Jason, let's talk about how you position, uh, and I'll give you a little different question here, how you position scenic versus positioning um you know your other your you know your your other line your other other brand uh so talk a little bit about that sure between you know the emerald ships and right. the eclipses and so on you know for one just the example of going to the kimberly this next season and um what we've put together for the kimberly adventures to position ourselves from the other operators that are heading down there, because there are going to be quite a few this next year, is one, of course, we have our helicopters on board. So we've set up very special, besides our daily flight scene, but we set up some very luxury kind of VIP um, experiences for our guests, whether it's going flying off the ship to uh, Pearl Farm and having the day learning all about you know, because the Kimberly Pearls are some of the largest in the world and that whole experience. And then all those guests are going to get a pearl, an oyster to open up and have that pearl or, you know, flying some sightseeing, you know, flight seeing to the Darwin Aviation Museum and having that World War II history mm -hmm. and that private tour. But also in the Kimberly, what's very interesting is I've been spending nine months trying to get, and I was able to just secure fly fishing permits. So we're going to take our guest uh, um, to heli fishing in remote areas for bear Monday fish, and then bring them back and and uh, catch and catch and cook. You know, so we, and one of the reasons is because we can. We try so hard mm -hmm. to create those unique experiences, and we also on all our voyages in other regions outside the polar regions is we always have what, what I call is a surprise and delight where we do a scenic and rich where the, all our guests get off the ship for something super special no one else around no other tourists or anything whether it's an old you know Roman ruins or an opera house or something and having that local cultural experience just for them and we call it scenic and rich and we always try to infuse that into all their experiences and all their voyages and you know so that's with the eclipses we can do that especially in remote locations and where the emerald ships you know are more in your common seaports and everything but the uniqueness is we still find that scenic and rich even in those more common regions of the world the mediterranean the caribbean and so on so we really try to provide that you know extra experience you know, an engagement for our guests. No, absolutely. And that's, that's great. And see, um, no, it, it's amazing that the experiences you all deliver and let's talk a little bit fun. Let's close this out by first of telling us the resources you have for travel advisors who are selling 
uh, expedition travel, whether it is to Antarctic and Arctic or, or to other places around the world, and then give us a contact point uh, where they can reach, find out more about your companies and also find out more about how to sell them. I'll start with you, Anthony. Okay, we have an, a, a site called Atlas Advisor Central. They can visit it just by going to our main website, which is atlasoceanvoyages.com. And if you look towards the upper right, there's a, a tab there that's uh, labeled uh, Travel Advisor. So if they click on there and register, uh, they'll have access to our uh, all of our images, our photo library, our, our video library, access to any promotional flyers that we may have. Uh, we, we just wrapped up uh, travel agent rate offerings on 14 different cruises to Antarctica over the last, since November, uh, December, and January. We had 14 departures where we heavily discounted some select voyages for travel advisors to experience. I had a, personally, in, in the region that I cover, I, I had several dozen cruise with us, and they're posting all over social media, mm -hmm. and the reviews have been fantastic. We also have some seminars at sea listed there and other marketing opportunities and, and um, things that they could use to help grow their business or to post on social media. So we try to make it as, as turnkey as possible. Fantastic. This is, so you can learn all about how to better sell Atlas Ocean Voyages there. Uh, Jason, uh, what does Scenic and, and your, uh, you know, what does Scenic have for in terms of resources and where can travel advisors uh, go? I'm going to turn that over to Brandon over there. Since he'll know better than I will. Uh, okay, so this is Brandon. Uh, if you haven't seen yeah. him, he's in the background waiting. He's my for savior here. Wait, waiting for Jason to cut out, which he's 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 still been with us. We could see he's freezing yeah. remote, but uh, Brandon, just tell us a little bit about the resources available. Absolutely. So, I mean, we, uh, first and foremost, we have our sales team out, out in the field, taking care of our travel partners, helping them organize, put events together, uh, get access to new groups. We have a lot of tools. We have our travel advisor uh, academy where they can go onto our website to learn more about us. And also, especially this time of year, I think it is so helpful that we have a really easy to use online booking engine. Mm -hmm. We know during wave season, a lot of our travel partners don't want to call in and sit on hold, especially if they're working late at night and they need to make those bookings. They have the ability to manage them from the beginning to the end with payments and everything. And we're always sending out emails and updates with new tools, resources, and promotions that we have to put in place to make it easier for our travel partners. Fantastic. Well, Jason, it was good that you had you you, you could call a friend. So uh, yes, <laughs> on, on that today. on that stump question. Okay, <laughs> you're you're good out there with with the, with your penguins and everything else. But let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Ellen, close it out for us. Uh, what does Panam have in terms of resources for travel advisors and how do you best get, get in contact with you? Sure. Thank you. So our sales team is really your greatest resource. We're at your disposal. We would love to set up a training, um, answer your questions, even join you on a call with your client. Um, we will do what it takes to help you understand Panant. So um, please be in touch with us. If you're attending the virtual trade show, uh, you can pick up our sales guide and the contact details of our entire team at our booth. Um, so just reach out, we'll get right back to you. 
go to us.planalt.com and you'll find uh, our advisor portal there. You can sign up using a code that corresponds to your agency, which uh, we'll be happy to provide you with. And then we do have travel advisor rates starting um, or at 50% savings on select departures. Um, it's a closed list, so we'll be happy to provide you with that and um, be in touch with us so you can be considered for any of our hosted FAM programs throughout the year. We get a lot of requests for FAMs. The best way to be considered is be in contact with your regional business development director. Start working with us to help you, allow us to help you grow your expedition business this year and be on our radar and uh, get in the mix so that we can you know, help you to experience fun on. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank all of you. Uh, for for participating and and brand special guest appearance by Brandon uh, and uh, I am you know fortunate enough that I've been on all of your vessels and uh, or at least all at least one one cruise of each uh, they are amazing uh, luxurious great food great comforts and they go to amazing places whether it is the Antarctic or Arctic or far beyond the Kimberleys. Europe, uh, a lot of places that we don't think of as expedition, but they really are. So I, you're not going to go wrong booking any of these. You just have to find the right fit for your uh, your client and what they like. Uh, so again, thank you all so much. We'll let we'll let Jason go back to uh, back to an expedition this afternoon. I know because I know if if the timing is you're you're having lunch and now you're going off again, and that's the way you got you do Antarctica. So it's it's uh, that's nonstop. Again, Anthony, uh, Ellen, and Jason and Brandon, thank you so much for participating. And you can all go down to the trade show floor now. And uh, the booths for each of these companies, you can find out more about them. Again, thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I'm James Schillinglaw for Virtual Roadshows, Selling, Adventure, and Expedition Travel, and also Insider Travel Report.